Hey, and welcome to The Design Podcast. I'm your host, Ashton Snook, and we're on a mission to share the creator's voice. Before we get into today's episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and leave us a star rating. We'd appreciate it. Today we're joined by Jacob Wagner, a multi-award winning product designer who holds numerous awards from Red Dot, If Design, is a winner of Designer of the Year and has his work featured in Moments Permanent Collection, NYC. He's also the founder of Rejoin, a startup with a mission focusing on the conscious evolution. Jacob, thanks for coming on the show. Good to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, it's good to have you here. Good to have you here. So today we're going to be talking about your from my point of view anyway, uh, very epic career and portfolio of work um, at Jacob Wagner Studio. And also we're going to be tapping into um, your latest venture with Rejoin, which is your own venture, which is very exciting. But before we get into all of all of that, I'd love to kick us off with going back to the grassroots. Can you um, tell us what really got you into design in the first place? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I, I've been digging a little bit in, in in my memory, um, so I, I grew up um, in the suburbs of Copenhagen. Uh, both of my parents were doctors, and but they had very different perspectives. My father was a researcher, and he was really going for the details into the cells and, and studying in his lab with um, rabbits and monkeys, um, animals. So, and, but my, and my mom was a psychiatrist so she was much more into the um humanity and understanding of relationship between between people so so in the middle of that i grew up um as the 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 the, the small one of three mm. and um one when i was eight my parents got divorced and i kept staying with my mom and my dad left his lab, his not lab, but but workshop in the basement. So most of my sort of later, uh, how do you say, childhood, I had the access to this amazing uh, workshop, and and no no adult supervision, <laughs> 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 which which almost killed me at a, at a few instances because me and my cousin we, we actually figured out how to make gunpowder and how to no. how to make little, little bombs. So we made explosives and things actually exploded down there between wow. our fingers. And, 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 and we had also access to pretty uh, powerful uh, uh, electric motors. Mm. And that almost chopped my hands off at no. different times. <laughs> so what I remember in childhood is, is I built stuff all the time and I loved mm. it. And if it, I didn't build, I took things apart. And, and, and never really uh, assembled them completely back together. So, so when I came to the point of, of making a choice after high school, you know, I saw myself as an innovator or rather uh, an inventor. Mm. Um, so I wanted to invent stuff. But, uh, I, I, and, and I translated that into engineering uh, because I had no idea that anything, that there would be anything called a designer. Um, so I went to engineering school, which was uh, pretty close to where I lived, north of Copenhagen, um, into mechanical engineering. And um, little by little, I, 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 I learned that the, ways, uh, the way I was taught to think as an engineer didn't really fit the way 
uh, I put things together in my mind. Um, I realized that that engineer that the teaching was about building from the inside out, and then at some point the, the, your device machine uh, is finished. And and I had a, I, I was much more inclined to look at the out from the outside in. And in the in the in the end of the engineering study, we we did a um, we tried to lean into industrial design. At, at that point, I had <laughs> figured out that there was something called industrial design. Right, right. Um, so I did what I could, sort of, to bend my my engineering degree towards industrial design. And the teacher who was a designer, actually, um, at that point, uh, my final my my degree work, he gave he 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 gave me a book about music, about the holistic understanding of music. Um, and he said to me, every time you read music, just put design instead, um, and it'll teach you something. And it really did. Um, and, and that was my con- sort of, kind of final, the tipping point that, that made me uh, take the full step that after my engineering degree, I went into design school and then it was like two years in Copenhagen. I, I could then get full sponsorship. I could actually apply spo- sponsors bo- both from the engineering world and the design world because I had both degrees uh, or, or both uh, um, platforms. And then I had the, the, the sponsorship to go to Art Center uh, Pasadena. No, sorry, um, in Switzerland, uh, the, 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 the European version or branch of the Pasadena School. And I did that back in, was that, um, 92, <laughs> some years back, uh, actually 30 years ago. Um, so yeah, so that was, that was my, um, my way into design. And, and, and when I came back from Switzerland, I opened up my own studio, basically. <laughs> and never looked uh, back. Yeah. And I never looked back. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Now it's, mm. it's good to see that. I mean, you, you kind of take it back to those early influences from your mom and dad, right? With this more engineering scientific background than this um, interest uh, on your mum's side through psychology and human behavior. And I can, I can kind of see how those would have helped steer and shape you. But uh, yeah. what I find most, almost most fascinating is uh, the gunpowder and almost uh, blowing yourself up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's, uh, let's talk about the Jacob Wagner studio for yeah. For those folks who aren't familiar with with your work and type of projects and clients that you've you've taken on, um, can you tell us a little bit more about what the studio focuses on and and what are these uh, brands that you like to partner with? Yeah, um, you know, take, taking up the little bit of of a sort of historical, um, I, I, I can I can see some different periods going through. I've been going through the, the first long period was a tech period where. I was very much into diving, and and I also worked for I worked for Scuba t- uh, uh, Ubertech and Scuba Pro, two of the main sort of brands in in, in dive instruments, and also uh, Draga. Uh, Draga d- 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 uh, does um, uh, firefighter equipment, um, so it was a very tech oriented period, and and my passion shifted. Um, Towards interior, towards towards the most more, sort of more home oriented uh, life. Um, mm. So I, I I got to uh, work with um, furniture um, uh, and, and 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 interior products, living products. Um, 
I call that the home period. Uh, <laughs> and, and I had the good fortune to work with some of the, the sort of high-end Italian uh, brands, um, uh, Cappellini, Moroso, and um, B&B Italia, Alessi. Uh, it, um, it was going a lot to the to Milano area uh, in, that, in that period. And then um, I, I was, had the good fortune to um, get asked in, into competition with Bang and & Olufsen. And, and you, can, you can kind of see Bang & Olufsen of being a hybrid uh, between uh, technology and, and, and living because it, it's obviously a, a, it's, it's a highly cultured brand, but it, it's an auto very, it, it, it has technology on the inside. That, so mm. it was really important that I had both of the, that, that I had a good understanding of technology as well as, um, how do you say, the, cult, the, the, the more cultural understanding of design. Um, and, the, and the last period, which is the current one, <laughs> I, <laughs> I call it foresight period in, in the lack of a better word, because I, I felt like what, what happened was that, that it, 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 was, it was not enough to make really, really nice uh, products. It, 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 it also had to be future-proof, or it had, it had to look into where are we going, uh, mm. uh, all of us? W what is the future going to look like, and how do we actually as designers uh, tap into that reality. And of course, I mean, uh, sustainability and everything that comes with that. It's not only uh, the materials and energy, it's, it's like a, a different way of being, uh, being human as I see it. So, so for instance, uh, Nordgren, the uh, watch company, um, have a, a brand value that is respect and responsibility. And they actually take that in, in a fairly broad sense. Um, so a design project is, is much more about inspire and engage the user mm. uh, into, a, in, into, into gradually stepping into a different uh, way of, of behaving in the world. Um, so, so that's, so that's where we are now. <laughs> <laughs> it's very well put together as a, as a lineage. And what, what took you through? I mean, the, the latter stages, um, your work with, with Bang & Olsen is how I came across, uh, yourself and, um, the H8s, which I think you designed was, that must've been quite a while back now, the H8 project. Yeah. Yeah. Which I fell in love yeah. with. And that's what I, I first came across those in the, in the store in London. I went, I've got to own a pair of those, which is how I came across yeah. you and your and your studio <laughs> quite some time ago. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And I think those are really are really interesting. In this last phase, it's it's design that has led up to being around this uh, in, intersection between technology and humanity, but also planet, right? So it's this creating products that are useful and, and valuable, but also there's an eff really ethical. Uh, focus now it sounds like from the studio in terms of the work and the yeah. clients that you're yeah. partnering with yeah yeah ethical is the right word and 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 for me that's a, that's a really deep calling um and i think we as designers have uh, a lot to do there uh in 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 collaboration with uh, conscious and uh, responsible companies <laughs> i i think to a large extent the consumer mentality that's 
in the, in the world that's very sort of you know active in the world it, it, the signers have had a big responsibility in, in to drive that consumerism um, but I think we have an e even greater responsibility into uh, changing it um, into something more uh, conscious <laughs> yeah yeah I couldn't agree more I don't think we were going to go down <laughs> go down the street but I think it's really interesting to kind of tap into whilst we're, we're kind of here is this this idea of responsibility that we have as as designers, and I, I think it's often overlooked for within the certainly the digital design community when we're thinking about services and and, and proposition design, um, we think less about the materiality and the impact that we might create, and it's more perhaps a bit more um, obvious when you're deal, dealing with physical goods. Yeah. But design seems to has, as you say, this real influence, this real responsibility that I think that we is almost a something we need to wake up to in the industry yeah. yeah we create nice things but we we aren't necessarily thinking about the impact of of those nice things on on society and uh the planet yeah mm. Mm. now you obviously yeah i was looking at looking over again your portfolio of of the brands you've worked with and i think you know from muto to hay to Van olsen you've obviously gone through these distinct chapters um over the last 30 years in the studio Mm -hmm. um, but I, for me, I can see this, this constant thread and I, it's almost intangible. It's hard for me to describe this, this thread that I see through your portfolio, which makes me, brings me to the question of given the diversity of clients and these changing categories that you've operated with, what has remained a constant or what remains a constant for you through these, through these different briefs and different, different projects? It's a little bit difficult for me to to ask, it's 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 probably a little bit like asking a fish how the water feels, <laughs> because it's a good analogy. <laughs> what what's yeah? What's particular about mm. me? You know, I I have never been other inside other people than, than myself, so <laughs> I, I I don't know what it feels like to be somebody else. Um, but <laughs> I, I I can give some 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 direction maybe. Uh, but you know what I I. I've always been when when I when I'm faced with a new project, I always look at it as mission impossible, as something like, oh, this is going to be really <laughs> challenging. <laughs> and I think that's that's actually good because because it it puts me in a humble situation, and I think that that brings mm -hmm. out the best in me, um, and and it and I and I'm really dedicated uh, to to giving it my very best, um, and and I I. I always struggle. I always work hard to 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 crack the nut somehow. I uh, you know you know I when I, I I have the idea that my some of my colleagues they 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 come up with ideas quicker than I do. That that's sort of like oh they sit down for a few hours and they sketch and they come up with a great idea and they go with it. Maybe it's not true, but that, that's at least in, I never do that. I always like struggle and go around and you know you know uh, give up and and come back and and that's, and that's one thing that that i've i've always been less concerned about myself as a as, as like making a manifestation of me and more concerned about serving the user like giving a good experience to the user and and i couldn't help thinking about you know what if if that's a constant the other question is what what has evolved uh, <laughs> what has changed? Yes, that's a good question. What <laughs> and, has changed? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, what has changed? And and um, and it, it's definitely been a journey, going from 
focusing on 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 quite technical and quite dedicated products that that are f- like diving instruments, like for very particular, mm-hmm. almost survival worlds, uh, into into more and more um, focus on on purpose and meaning in a broad perspective, in a in a human perspective, in in a, in a sort of societal and cultural perspective, which I which. Fairly, fairly like growing up and, and be more mature <laughs> as a person. <laughs> it kind of makes sense. Yeah, I guess it, when you kind of talk about this, this sense of growing up, it's and you look at those chapters within the studio. It's this sense of mm-hmm. almost as your interests have evolved over time and your perspective on life has matured with it, as has the the, the work and the craftsmanship along along with it. Yeah, and, and I really had the good fortune to 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 have my work follow my passion. Mm. Um, and even to the point when, when, where I ha- I actually had designed enough headphones for Bang Nolison. I, I never thought I should <laughs> should hear myself say that because <laughs> because it's, it's like such a dream come true for a designer yeah. to work for a company like that. But but everything has has a maturity point. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I want to dive in specifically to necessarily to Bang Nolison because I don't want to pry too deeply here. But as we talk about the studio. Mm-hmm. And we we talk about our colleagues in the industry and, and how maybe they work, kind of building on on this thread. Are there any secrets behind what you do, what you could bottle up and say this is a Jacob Wagner signature piece? Is there is there something that you feel would almost be the for lack of a better word like the secret recipe behind the success yeah, that you've had? It's I, I I wish I could come up with something really clear, but I can I can I can riff a little bit on it. And and saying this this humility I mentioned before uh, it, it, it's based on curiosity and and I and I'm always super curious to understand and to understand deeper and and to keep asking uh, mm. I, you know to the point where I drive people crazy uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and you know what when I have when I have been working with designers like interns and designers in the studio that have also worked in other studios. They they keep saying um, that there's something about that that I keep asking the fundamental questions again and again. So so let's say you begin a, we begin a project and it, we work on it for weeks and I can come in in the morning and I can say why are we doing this project? Mm-hmm. Like ask the fundamental question. What is it like? Like the why, the how, the what? The, the sort of the, the really sort of foundational. Um, and and of course, I I could I could laugh about that. And why am I doing that? And it it um, and it it, I, it, for me, it makes perfectly sense to to kind of forget what we the progress we have made or until now in the project, and just take a fresh look and say. Let's zoom all the way back to the beginning. Let's say, okay, so what, what are the assumptions we made, and what are the paths we have explored and, and chosen and not chosen, and why? And actually, have we made all the right? And it's kind of like just like back, backtrack and, and, and mm. run, like zoom in and out, um, see the big picture, and then go down in detail. Because we, we always get blinded inside a project. We always get like too deep. Down into it, so so the so this this zooming out is coming up and get the 
get the high view picture is, I guess, something that uh, that I have always been doing. Um, it comes very natural to me. Um, and um, and there's one thing more that I have um, I've been fairly courageous uh, in terms of just following my intuition and just talking to people, just asking or just go somewhere. And, and mm. I remember when I, when I when I did a project from Rosso uh, some years back, people asked me, "So how did I how did I uh, contact them?" And and I always said, "Well, I just went to Milan to the furniture fair and I just walked over and I I I, I asked, and then I got." I got shown Patricia Moroso and I talked to her. Like for me, it was the most natural thing in the world. <laughs> I, and I guess actually that's, that's, that comes from my dad because he was a scientist on a fairly international level. And our home was always, there were, there were always like doctors and professors from all over the, the planet. And they just came in and, and we always, and they, we just, and it was just a very natural thing to be connected to, you know, fairly high-end people in, in, in various ends of the world. Uh, so, I, I, you know, so, so actually it wasn't that courageous for me. I just, I just, <laughs> <laughs> but, but many it was of considered us, to yeah. be, yeah, for me it was pretty natural. Uh, yeah, I think that was the best I can come up with. <laughs> I, f- I think that's very well said. That's some really good, some really good uh, perspectives in there. I, I think you're right. I mean, I've seen, I've seen this in, in my own career as it's sort of developed and I've, I've heard this from other guests on the show as well, this, this ability of being able to step back from a problem uh, and almost just fundamentally ask yourself, why would, why would you even continue to, to work on it yeah. is a very useful skill and actually um, is something essential to the work being successful. Yeah. And that, that's, that's something else. And then and when you talk about following instinct, I think the idea of reaching out and being courageous in those, in those meet cutes and those those introductions with people to open up those client conversations, one thing. But when we look at your your portfolio of work and talk about instinct, something that uh, selfishly I'm very interested in, and intrigued by is in digital space where I spend most of my time. We are very data orientated and very research heavy, which is not a bad thing necessarily, but there is also this constant debate and discussion around trust in one's sensibility mm. and one's own expertise and experiences. And I wonder if, uh, for your own work, when we, we talk, say instinct, does that, does that transcend into the design process as well? Do you, how, do, do you find that you can lean on your own experiences and observations of culture? And technology to to influence the work, or do you do you also dive into into what we would typically index very heavily in terms of UX? Yeah, I'm glad you brought it up um, because I think it's super important, and and I can I can um, I've always been uh, 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 much more relying on my own instinct and sensibility uh, to make decisions rather than 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 asking for data. Mm. And I, uh, I've been quoting Steve Jobs uh, many times when he apparently said uh, he was asked how much user research did you did you do before you launched the iPad, and he said none. We cannot expect our users uh, or, or our customers to know what they want in the future. <laughs> I, I love that. 
<laughs> I love that that statement because because we designers we are the ones uh, who 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 can kind of have this look a little bit longer and look, look a little bit deeper and imagine things. Um, mm. We cannot expect the users to to have that imagination. We can maybe give them sort of very sophisticated models, and we, we can we can we can do user testing, but only when it's almost finished. Uh, so, so I, I I remember in Bang and Olsen days they did some user testing, but I actually I never really trusted it, and I never really uh, liked it much. Uh, <laughs> And I, I'm not sure we gain anything from it. I think it, it, it can be just as misleading uh, mm. as, as it can be guiding. Um, I know that digital is different because you can track mouse clicks. But then mm. again, I'm also suspicious here because what, is your, what are you actually tracking? What are you, I mean, actually? Because uh, it's, it's just, it's just a, an instant behavior. That, uh, I could come up with many what-ifs and then mm. make a completely different scenario. Um, anyway, it's not my field, so <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the steep end here, in the deep end. So, uh, yeah, no, that's you know more that, that's, about that than I do. Yeah, it's the reason I ask is because I feel that digital design, and when we, t- I mean, I mean also proposition and products in a virtual sense as well as physical goods, takes a lot of its. Um, say, inspiration from industrial design. And I think that's how designers over the in digital side have transitioned from being web designers to UX to UI to UX UI now to product designers because they're more holistic in their skill sets and their focus, mm-hmm. which for me is the only way that I've ever worked, which is I need to understand and work on the whole problem, not just a small segment of it. Mm-hmm. And my challenge with software is I in, insight that inspires work I find very useful. But as you say, it's very hard to get it right um, in many instances, there are many examples of companies where, and I say this as someone who's also head of research as well, right? So it's definitely something I'm, I'm passionate about. But if we, if we ask questions in the wrong way, we look at data through the wrong lens, it can be okay. very misleading and okay. take us off path. And it's, for me, it's about striking this balance between sensibility and instinct and insight. And this is very different from a software, from a, in software world to to a hardware world that I, mm. I find there's there's disconnect. And often, whilst engineering being a good thing and a constant on both, is that a lot of the design processes that we work with typically in the digital industry are good around an engineering uh, and delivery mindset and less so on creative exploration. Uh, and for me, it's just one of these personal things I'm always debating, what's the right balance of the two? Um, I'm really curious to dive into, into your latest venture from running your own studio and working with clients to setting up your own brand, Rejoin. So I wonder if you could tell us a little bit around the brand, what it's all about, and what inspired you to, to start, start the company. Yeah, let me try. Um, I, I, um, I already kind of laid out a trajectory uh, of, of, of my career uh, that also happens to be a lot to do with my life. <laughs> so, you know, in the last five, seven years, you know, I was asking myself deeper and deeper questions. Uh, like, why am I here? Why are we here? What's the purpose of life? What's the purpose mm. of evolution? Uh, and I was, I was very inspired by the evolutionary thinking about 
about we're, we're, we're obviously going towards something bigger, more advanced, more complex than, than, it used, than it was before. I mean, there was a big bang and there was the second big bang of life and then there was a third big bang of conscious life. And then it's like, here we are. What's, it, what's, what's the purpose of this? And, and then you look into the future and say, well, where are we going? And, and, and how do I fit in this? And, and what, what's my deepest calling? In this, I, so I was asking myself these bigger questions, and and um, and then I started to to play with the idea that that I I could I could design a tool for transformation, a hmm. transformation of consciousness. That I that just like in the old days, we had magical magical things. We had talismans and and and. Uh, you know, other, well, if if you look at tools from pretty much all the past of mankind, they all had something, some extra dimensionality to them mm. that we kind of ju- just now write off as magical thinking. That's like, oh, they they believed in, and then we laugh a little bit. But but the idea that uh, an object can actually tap into more than just a, f- a function for us that it can actually influence uh, we, we can have it with us and it can actually give us a, a, a it can open up something in our lives more that I, I wanted I wanted to follow that and then I in 2018 I went to Burning Man in in the US the, the original for for the first time and you know it's a, there's a gifting um, um, Tradition that you bring something that you offer people, and uh, so I had this uh, twisted ring that I had made uh, as a necklace. In I had it made in copper, and, and I had fifty of them made, and I brought them to Burning Man, um, and I gave them to people that I met, and 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 I realized that uh, I actually met with a guy. Uh, American guy, uh, uh, a Silicon Valley entrepreneur that came to Copenhagen a few weeks ago. He had been wearing that piece every day since 2018 until this year's Burning Man, a couple of months ago, <laughs> because it, he, he lost it. <laughs> so I was like, "Whoa!" And I got and I got feedback from people that they actually they really loved it for something more than. Just the sheer, you know, form and and beauty, or or just the, the jewelry decoration mm. part of it. So so I I kept my inquiry of you know what is what's our deepest longing, uh, you know, people, me, my friends, my 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 loved ones. What are we longing for in life? Because there's there's something missing here. When mm. it, there's, there's more to life than this. And, and, and I also started to think, well, what if we ask the future, what should we do next? What would it tell us, you know, if future had a voice? Um, and, and, I, and, I, it, and it came down to something, some version of connectedness, some version of if we could, that, that we're longing for a deeper sense of who we are, for a deeper sense of being together with, people and, and belonging, you can say, and for a deeper sense of being part of something bigger than us. 
So those three sort of realms of connectedness. Um, now, I know it sounds very close to religious thinking, um, uh, and, but, but, but leave it a little bit <laughs> in, in, on, on, the, on the backseat for now. Um, so so I, I started to, um, to design around that, and, and, I, and, I, and I took that ring from, from Burning Man and, and, and kind of made that into a piece uh, it started as a piece of jewelry, but now it's uh, it's it's much more like a contemplation piece. It, 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 I actually so so rejoin is the attempt or, or to, to 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 say what is it that we want to what part of life is it that we have lost a little bit touch with and that we want to rejoin mm. with. The aliveness, the, the, you know, if you look at evolution and saying, what is it that constantly have been driving us forward? There's something in us, something that wants, why didn't we just stay, stay as farmers? Why did we start inventing? Why did people do all these things? Because something mm -hmm. wants us to evolve, something wants more, more in the sense going in a direction which which will bring us somewhere mm -hmm. it's I, I think it's fair to say that we're a little bit lost now <laughs> but that doesn't mean we have to go yeah. back that just means we have lost sight of where we're going so that's the biggest thing is like let's find within ourselves and together with our loved ones and our community let's find a new direction in life and and mm. and to find that direction, that is what is the wish of rejoin. That is the the, the it's like um, I, I actually I, I actually call it a compass. I, I actually call it an instrument for connectedness and resonance. Mm. I I call it a compass for wholeness and sustainable living. So I think what humanity needs to do now, uh, and I I will be happy to, 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 to take a stand for it and, 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 and to do what I can do for it is to find a way to operate our operating system. And it's not a small upgrade. It's a, it's mm -hmm. a massive upgrade. It, it's, a, uh, it's a fundamental upgrade um, of how we are human. <laughs> and whatever, whatever that means, because nobody, nobody had completely figured it out, but it's, it's like... Yeah. So we have we have to take steps. We have to lean into um, this expanded or extended version of ourselves. Um, and I think mm. the only way to do that is by by doing micro transformations. And it, it's it and it and it can be really subtle. It can be just be just by extending kindness to each other. Just by, for instance not participating in shitstorms or <laughs> reaching out and say to, to a friend, I, I see your point of view. I don't agree, but it's really interesting that you look at the world with completely different eyes. So, yeah. so we, we're in times when the world is being ripped apart uh, by uh, polarity or, 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 or polarization. And it's super important that we do the opposite. 
on a personal level, uh, on every every level we can, is is like, where's the wholeness? Where, mm. How can I actually see the other perspective? So it's all rejoined. All I'm saying here is what 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 the and and it, it it's a little bit difficult to to explain. I hope it makes sense. Um, it it's pr- it it in a way it's straightforward because it's really simple to do small moves every day. Mm. Um, uh, and yet it's really it's also really easy to lose sight of the big picture in this. Um, it sounds, yeah, <laughs> which is, it's obviously a very, a very deeply personal and profound journey for building rejoin. And it sounds mm-hmm. to me that, yes, I, I would agree. We, we, we feel for ourselves lost and I've, I'm one of these people who also spend time debating what's the purpose of life and what does it mean to be human and and where we go. And I, I look back at our ancestors and we talk about items, as you were referring to, as having some sense of magic to them. Mm-hmm. And I think what there, there are lessons to be learned there to help us move forward again. We become mm-hmm. so obsessed with interconnectivity through digital experiences mm-hmm. um, and this very hyper global approach is that we've probably lost a sense of something that's quite innately human through prime and primal and it sounds like rejoin is ultimately you could by all means correct me if i'm wrong here jacob it feels like there's an element of spirituality and spirit that you're trying to bring through yes and i deliberately try not to use that word too much because Mm. i think it has been uh, contaminated quite a bit or, or or but by by um, uh, new age um, thinking that is, has it been going a little bit too much, uh, maybe into psychedelics and Indian uh, philosophy and uh, I, th- I think you can as easily be lost in the spiritual world as you can find meaning in the spiritual world. If, if, if the spiritual mm. marketplace has exploded in a sense, and and um, and and I think uh, it it's. Uh, 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 do you know, are you familiar with the term spiritual bypassing? I'm not. No. Uh, it, it it's 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 like it, it it's um it's it's how you can get lost. By the promise of spiritual development, uh, but but because our minds actually our egos like to hijack ideas and and use them to sort of you know inflate a little bit. <laughs> our, our egos are basically inflation devices. <laughs> egos like to be important, um, and and but we need we need our ego to, to to be in the world so so we need to deal with it um, um, so so what I, I I try I try I try to to speak into common sense language and and more like down to earth language even though it is quite high flying ideas um, but I think what we really need is people with both feet on the ground. And helping hands, who, 
who who dares to also open their hearts and 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 minds and um, and grasp uh, big ideas. Um, hmm. I can agree more. And and if you're developing your own brand and company around this, it's it's a big mission to try and <laughs> translate into <laughs> into into it into is. goods that people can connect with at that very. Yeah. Um, deep and meaningful level, right? Yeah. Yeah. A lot to reflect on there. A lot to reflect on there. Now, I think we could probably spend like another two hours getting into this, but yeah, I'm conscious exactly. of your time. Yeah. <laughs> Where we go. And uh, I've got a couple of a couple of key questions that I'd love to get your thoughts on as well before we mm. have to close out today. Yeah. So the one that I, I always love to ask, and I've been wanting to ask you this for some years now as well, because I, I nerd about design and I've got a huge amount of respect for the work that you put out out into society thus far. How do you personally define great design? Well, um, I, that, that would probably have been a different version uh, for every year uh, for the last uh, 30 years. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> And, and lately, because of the, the stuff I'm dealing with, I, I actually feel inclined to, to, to work on a manifest uh, for design. And, and, I, and, and I call it five proposals to rethink design and redefine beauty. Mm. Um, and, and, um, and I think it's time for us designers to reconsider the purpose uh, of, of product design. I speak from a product design uh, point of view, obviously, here. So... Uh, um, uh, and I think our, our work has the capacity to uh, inspire people and to reshape culture. Mm. And the more deliberate uh, we use the bandwidth of our creative skills, um, the better we can uh, serve a higher purpose. Um, mm. So the first, my, my first proposal is to design for the future, actually to design for mm. our future. <laughs> Uh, so before we even start uh, any project, we should uh, consider to future-proof it um, by asking uh, why this product, um, how does it serve humanity, and how does it serve uh, the life on the planet, uh, what meanings does it carry, what narratives uh, does it feed into, or does it, what narratives does it feed, actually, mm. what behavior and does it drive? And, and once we have established uh, a purpose that is relevant and regenerative and meaningful for our future, we can continue. <laughs> and that's like step one. <laughs> and I actually call that I call that beauty of purpose. Um, and I think if 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 we get that right, we have a pretty good foundation to to move on. So yeah. my second proposal is to design to engage our senses. Um, now we can be generous and design to enrich perception. Uh, people are uh, 3D analog beings. Uh, we see with our fingers and we feel with our eyes. Um, and the interesting thing about our senses is that they are always in real time, um, and that and they directly influence uh, the state of our consciousness. 
Um, so in a world of overstimulation, uh, finding the point between opposites is key here. Um, again, I talk about form, um, mm. you know, pr being precise and yet soft, uh, being raw and yet refined, uh, making something simple yet sophisticated. Um, and I call that uh, the beauty of balance. Um, actually, that also applies to taste and to music and to, to many other genres. Uh, mm. Kind of like there's something about opposites, something about you know the, the balance between sweet and and acid, or uh, you know if, if you can find that you know. Yeah. So so that's my version of of it in, in design work. So my third proposal. Uh, is to design to inspire our minds. <laughs> mm. Now, when we use metaphors and symbols, we extend the landscape of uh, meaning. Um, and, uh, and objects can be layered with uh, uh, open-ended stories that gives rise to profound emotions and memories and and they fuel our imaginations and, and, and provide narratives, um, relevant narratives. Uh, so it can go in, in poetic direction, you know, philosophical direction, and, and, and historical uh, elements um, that all provide powerful inspiration uh, for us and for our culture. Mm. Um, interesting thing is we actually, we actually assign value based on meaning. So I call this the beauty of meaning. <laughs> so um, my fourth proposal is to design to evoke our souls. Mm. Uh, so now it gets really subtle and now it gets more difficult to, to get into, but um, objects can carry a vibrational field that resonates deep within us. Um, that actually goes beyond the senses and actually goes mm -hmm. beyond the mind. Uh, and it, it, it makes us part of something bigger. Um, we, can, we can access that, uh, you know, nature's animating principle. Uh, as I mentioned before, you know, the, the evolution, something has been driving evolution. Mm. Um, and, and when we talk about sacred geometry, uh, you know, we look at the source code of the universe. Um, there's there's something fascinating that when you look at outer space spirals, uh, like yeah. the galaxies, they form spirals. When you look at, at storm systems, they're the same spiral. When you look at water coming down the um, drain, that, that spiral, and, and that's, that spiral is all over nature, uh, to, from macro to micro. Mm. Um, so products that, that can animate us and, and uh, no, sorry, I, 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 jumped, uh, I jumped a little bit down here. Um, so so, um, so, so, so that principle, if, if we can call it that, the animating principle is actually what created everything. 
it's the you know like, and it's the source code of of every creation uh and he created life and he created us uh so it's something timeless it's something infinite um it's the it's a, in our innermost being and it's our connection to life um i call that beauty of wholeness <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh i could that also call sad. it beauty of connectedness um because you know i, I for me it it's something really profound you mm. you could call it the beauty of love it because it, it, it is a love story of life it's it's yeah. actually you know i get i get i get really warm and 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 um emotional inside i like but but on a on a with like super high energy and, and super <laughs> feel good uh because it, it's so important that we yeah. that we bring this aliveness that we have in us we give it a voice and we bring it out um although it's difficult to talk about uh mm. and it very often gets gets reduced to something that it's not um, so let's bring it back in uh now the fifth one um, of my proposals is designed to transform us. Let's design products that empowers and inspires us to extend ourselves. Mm. We can shape products, and they shape us. Let's own that responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We all know products that that um, can animate us. Uh, to live fully, uh, to be better participators and co-creators of life, um, and 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 little by little, step by step, uh, we become the change we want to see in the world. Um, we actually matter more than we think, and uh, our actions will ripple out and become social change. Um, I call that beauty of evolution. Mm-hmm. Um, because I love when I I heard a podcast some years back that says through us evolution has become aware of itself. Evolution is now in our hands. True. You and I and everybody else who create in the world, we're actually driving evolution, and that's a responsibility that um, it's worth worthwhile thinking about. Um, and now that we're in the Anthropocene. Uh, age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so that was my contribution or my proposals to um, how I think about design. Um, I think they are very eloquent, very, very deeply considered, and I think it resonates on on a level that is often often overlooked. And I spend I spend a lot of time thinking about. These these kind of core uh, drivers of what makes an object something that like, like the like my wedding band is deeply personal and it has a yeah. almost a feeling to it not only because of its yeah. its design and its ergonomics and its styling but because it represents something deeper than, than I can have and I I particularly like this articulation because I feel if we could and I think this is often missed today. We work on a lot of products that feel often very surface layer and a consideration level for the impact, what they do, how they feel, what they mean to us. 
not just in terms of financial stimulation, but in terms of enrichment in our lives, is something that few people outside of design think about. And I think this manifesto, these proposals, um, communicate that what what why is important and makes us reflect. So appreciate you sharing mm. those. Thank you, and, and I'm glad you you bring up your wedding ring because I think that's a brilliant example of of a, of a piece of design that actually means something much more than mm. just the material and the design. Yeah. Uh, now, I always like to to try and close out with another another big question, <laughs> um, <laughs> just to throw them in there, you know. Uh, so now, if you could go back in time, you know, mm-hmm. um, hop in a time machine. And jump back to your eighteen-year-old self, knowing what you know today. <laughs> what advice might you impart? Yeah, you know what? When when I was eighteen, I was getting into a little bit seriousness because uh, now I had to do career. So I would tell myself, Jacob, be more playful. <laughs> Go with your passion. <laughs> Don't try to figure it all out. <laughs> I would tell myself, trust your heart, trust your intuition. And I would tell myself, trust life and trust mm-hmm. that it wor- all works out at the end. Good advice. Deeply profound <laughs> again. And uh, yeah, something I can I- also tell myself that now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, wish, like- I wish somebody, somebody would tell me every morning. Because <laughs> we forget. We forget all yeah. these things. No. Yeah, run you're, you're and totally run, right. run and, and run after some deadline and, and a to-do list. And, you know, I'm often behind schedule and I, and I rush a little bit and I forget the things that are important. So um, let's remind ourselves. Yeah, yeah. The trust I, might tra- <laughs> I might have to translate <laughs> these into some posters and set them up in my home studio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, excellent. Lovely. Well, that, that wraps us up for, for today. Now, before we just completely close out. Um, if, if our listeners want to learn more about your work or get in touch, where can we send them to? You got a site or a social, social handle? Yeah, I've I've got, I've got a website for Jacob Wagner studio. Um, you can either just Google it or you have to spell it correctly. Jacob is with a K and Wagner is with a W. So if you just Google Jacob Wagner studio, you will end up in jacobwagner.dk, which is for, for Denmark. <laughs> um, and uh, the rejoin, uh, you also have to spell uh, in a particular way because rejoin is J-O-Y-N. So it, that's a joy in the, the join. join. Yeah. Rejoin.life. Um, and again, you can also Google it or you can, there's a link from Jacob Wagner Studio. So, uh, yeah, come have a look and, and, and leave a comment and get inspired. Uh, I, I would love to share um, inspiration and engagement in our future, <laughs> yeah. our shared humanity and our shared planet, uh, life, life on the planet. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank That's you so important. much. For, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's been a, it's been a real pleasure to, to dive into this with you. Thank you for having me. Bye. Thanks for joining us today on the Design Podcast. The show is produced by the Snook Brothers, hosted by Ashen Snook and edited by Eric Snook. If you enjoyed the episode, we'd appreciate you leaving a star rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Stay connected with us on Instagram or LinkedIn. Our handle is 
design underscore podcast. Or check out the website designpodcast.co. Thanks again and take care, folks.